Hello, everyone, and inside today's episode of Locked on Canadians, the Habs played and lost another preseason game, but Nick Suzuki is back, Arbor Jack Eye is on the score sheet, Owen Beck has a brand new contract, and Philip Mayshar is in the AHL. We're going to take a look at all that and more coming up inside today's show. For Locked on Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 699 of Locked on Canadians. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matla. As usual, I am hosting myself this week. My wonderful host, the active stick, Laura Saba, is away on business, so you are stuck with me whether you like it or not. As always, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. If you're listening to this wherever you get your daily podcast, or if you are watching my tired, bearded face on YouTube, Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Please make sure you subscribe and hit the bell so you are notified when our new videos are posted, usually at midnight, the day after we record them. Let's jump right into things because it was a busy day uh, around uh, the Montreal Canadiens fandom here. Uh, we have uh, we have yet another game. We have the Habs play the Senators again, back-to-back after playing the Leafs the previous night. And they lost again. There's still some flaws with this team, as expected. But more and more things are starting to take shape. And I think the biggest part about this game is that it was Nick Suzuki's first of the preseason. And it did not look like he has missed a single step, despite being out with a uh, lower body injury, I believe it was, after running into Joel Edmondson. With that big C on his chest and the littler C you know, up there a little bit more, Nick Suzuki looked phenomenal. Arguably the Canadian's best player on the night. Uh, he dangled a pair of Senators to set up Yolar Mia's goal. His cross-ice feed to Cole Caulfield for, uh, I believe it was the Habs' third goal, was incredible. And I think out of everything I am taking away from this game right now is that Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield look like they haven't missed a beat. And one of the things with this preseason was you need chemistry. You need to start building uh, trust between the players and everything here. And... Suzuki and Caulfield haven't missed a beat. They are in sync. They are having it, having a good time out there, and it's just working. There are two preseason games left, which is too too many at this point. Um, I, eight preseason games is too many. Five preseason games against the Senator is four too many. It, it's too many preseason games. I'm not going to dive too far into complaining about the preseason, though. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about the third option on their line tonight, and that was Yuri Slavkovsky, who... I think was fighting it a little bit. You can see the efforts. You can see, you know, some of the tiredness there. And I believe both Mike Johnson and Gord Miller brought it up on the broadcast. He's played a lot this preseason, played two rookie showcase games. He's played, I believe, three out of the five um, Canadians preseason games, maybe four. No, they've played six. So he's played at least half of them at this point. And this was on a back-to-back after he played against the Leafs last night and had a much stronger game and you have to wonder if he's a little bit tired and I know people are going to be freaking out about every little thing that he does 
And I think the big question is, and they talked about it at length on the broadcast, is is he going to the AHL or is he going to stay in the NHL this year? And until we know what's up with Emil Heineman and Joel Armia, both of whom uh, left this game, they were not on the bench in the third period, so the Canadians are playing shorthanded. Uh, I think that kind of impacts this decision here because I think he can be a useful middle six forward for the Canadians at this point. He can, he can hold his own at the NHL level. He will not thrive as of right now at this moment. And that's okay. I do. I did like some of the things I see with Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. I think they're arguably the best players he's played with. So there's some growing pains. They're trying to adjust. And it was friend of the show. Ian Bavera that pointed out is he's been on a different line in almost every single game, a few common line mates, but nothing enough to build forward momentum. He's played with Philip Mayshar. He has played with Riley Kidney. He has played with Owen Beck. He has played with Nick Suzuki. He has played with Kirby Doc. He's been all over the place, and it's hard to try and get your feet solidified when you have guys with different playing styles in different spots. I do think this is not the end of the world. I still think he's probably going to start the season with the Rocket, potentially, depending on injuries, and I'm okay with that. And I think a lot of Habs fans are, too, and we will get into the Rocket uh, later on in the show here. There is some uh, fun stuff to break down in that. Uh, the other guy I wanted to point out today was Arbor Jack. I had himself a night, and I know Senators fans just absolutely are screaming for his blood at this point for uh, the rookie showcase that was over a month ago that doesn't have any bearing on your season at this point. Uh, he got in a fight at the end of the shift. Mark Kastelik challenged him to a fight. Jack guy's not one to turn him down, despite having been out there for at least a minute to a minute and a half. He did his best, tossed him down, went to the box, uh, called Kastelik an effing loser, which I think is hilarious because Kastelik's a 23-year-old AHL nobody, and Arbor Jack guy is a literal, you know, rookie. This is, you know, his first professional season. If you're going to challenge the kid to the fight, you better make sure you win or win definitively, and you didn't do either of those things. And then at the end of the game, with the Senators up two goals, Arbor Jack guy bounces win one in off of Matthew Joseph's glove, makes it a 5-4 game, gets his first goal in a Habs un- in a Habs uniform, at least in a preseason professional game in that regard. And he's growing on me more and more and more. Sebastian High, who we've had on the show, and Mitch Brown both have the data that's like, Jack guy likes to shoot the puck despite being this physical hard nose style defenseman. He loves the offensive side of things. And I'm wondering if the comp, if the player comp we want for an Arbor Jack guy is a throwback to like a Sheldon Surrey, he can hammer the puck and we've seen him hammer the puck and I've heard it in person. It's loud. It's a hard shot, but on the other side of things, he's going to make your life a nightmare on the other end of the puck. He's got some, you know, foibles to his game to iron out. There's some times he gets caught chasing the play a little bit. He got away with a couple of things that should have been penalties tonight. He basically pulled Drake Batherson back by his neck to try and get back into the play. The refs didn't catch it, so that's one up on you. But I, I'm really impressed with what he's done. And I don't know if he's going to make the NHL right now, but I do think he is closer than I anticipated being this season. And he might make the roster for all I know. He's been, for all intents and purposes, probably one of the more noticeable prospects on defense. Caden Gooley's been quietly good. I don't think that pairing with David Savard is a good idea at this point. Uh, I it, Gooley needs some support. He's still learning to 
uh, read the game there. And I don't think Savard compliments Gooley's play style as much as they want. Someone like Joel Edmondson, however, I might be intrigued to see if they could make that work some way. Um, and Jordan Harris, I think, was, you know, just fine tonight. No real complaints. The Habs as a whole still have some work to do. Like I said, they got two games left. They are in uh, New Brunswick this weekend for a pair of games against the Sens. Uh, or they're in Gander, and then they're uh, on First Nation in New Brunswick there. I would try to pronounce this, but out of respect for everyone, I'm not going to try that. Um, we will obviously have all your information after these games are over. But coming up next, we have contract news. We have good contract news, and that's everything you're going to want to hear, and that's coming up next. But first, a message from our folks at Bet Online. BetOnline is your number one source for all your football betting info this season. The NCAA season is in full swing. There's crazy upsets and crazy fun every single week. The NFL is in full swing. You know, I'm cheering for the Bills. I'm cheering for the Packers. But you got to get your betting info from BetOnline. They have you covered on everything with live betting, up-to-the-minute scores for every sport, too. So you want to bet on playoff baseball? You can do that. The NHL is around the corner. We are not far off from the World Cup. The Premier League is in full swing. You can bet on MMA, boxing, and golf as well. They have everything you need. So head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. We are back. I am Scott Matla of Habs Eyes on Prize, Locked On Canadians, and I am flying solo for today. Uh, we had great news. First thing in the morning, it was kind of expected given everything going on. The Montreal Canadiens announced they have signed Owen Beck to a three-year entry-level deal. And I got to be honest, I am not shocked that this is a deal that came out. You know, it, it the way he played from the rookie tournament into the preseason and everything, Owen Beck was not leaving uh, Montreal without an entry-level deal at this point. He's played too well across the board. Whatever role they've put him in, he has thrived. He thrived at the rookie showcase. He played well in the red and white scrimmage. He's played well in the preseason. Yeah, the points aren't there, but he's not expected to be, you know, piling up the points in the preseason here. And just his ascension up the, the charts of Canadians fans' prospect tiers has been absolutely a delight to watch because I liked the pick when they made it, expecting he's a good, solid defensive center. You know, we'll get a nice run out of him in the preseason, maybe a game or two. He'll go back to junior and start putting up points and everything for the Mississauga Steel heads in short order. And then he's, then he, you know, shined at the rookie showcase playing first line center and he shined on the second line. He shined on the first line. And he was kept shining. He did not stop shining at this point. The kid is basically the son of Habs prospects right now. And that he is continuing to shine brightly and give everyone some hope while they freak out about Uri Slavkovsky for the 7,000th time. Since July, I kid, I love you all, but everyone deep breaths. Woosa. Owen Beck has been the best Canadians prospect in this preseason. I don't think it's outlandish to say that. And I got to be honest, it's, it's a nice thing to see is that you've got some guys who are playing back in the queue right now. Some guys in the OHL, the NCAA is off to a hot start. Lane Hudson had three assists in his first game, which we do love we love our short king on this show, but Owen Beck is the one that I think most Habs fans, besides Slavkovsky and Meshar, who are going to likely be playing in the AHL, and more on that in a second, 
I think Owen Beck is the one that Habs fans are going to have their eyes laser focused on the most. Him standing out the way that he has in this preseason has won him a huge amount of fans in this fan base. He's a smart kid. Like his family sat in front of Mark Dumont and myself at the rookie showcase. And you can see why he is how he is. He's smart. He's very well-spoken. He does all the little things right. And he puts in the work. It's not some fluke circumstance that Owen Beck is this good. He has put in the effort and off the ice. He was scholastic player of the year. He was a dominant player for the Mississauga Steelheads, and he's only getting better. He missed an entire year of the OHL and came out and had that first season and then jumped right into Canadians training camp and everything and just continued to thrive and to shine. And I think that's the hallmark of someone that's going to be good for a long time in the future. Do I know what a ceiling is? No, I, I do not. I am not a prospect expert in that regard. I know what I see when I watch him play, and I see someone who I think has all the markings of what would make a Patrice Bergeron-like player. Will he be Patrice Bergeron? Probably not. It's hard to be Patrice Bergeron in the NHL. It's hard to be two-thirds of Patrice Bergeron in the NHL, but he has all the trappings of someone that I would like to see continue to grow into that role here. And I think the expectation is now is build on that last season. Can you top 30, 35 goals in the OHL? Can you close in on 80, 85 points as a leader on this Mississauga team? And I think he can do that. He's got, you know, some of those guys who are going to be back in Mississauga. Uh, Luca Beldel-Beloz, if I am pronouncing that correctly, I believe is on his team as well. And I think the biggest thing for him is, uh, and this is not a support of Hockey Canada statement. I think anyone who's followed me on Twitter knows that this is the exact opposite of that. I think Owen Beck is someone that is pushing really hard and should be on that World Juniors team come World Juniors in December and January this year. And he should be a big part of that team. He's not Connor Bedard flashy, but few are. And in the same time, though, he's a guy who helps you win gold medals and championships. You need smart players. And I think the expectation is get him on that world juniors team, have him top that 30 goal plateau and, you know, just continue to build and round out his frame. We know he's smart. We know he can transition the puck and everything. You can see it, it slowed down a little bit when he's facing, you know, Claude Giroux and Alex to And then, you know, Austin Matthews on this shift or something. Those are top tier NHL players. He's still just an 18-year-old kid who was drafted. And the fact that he didn't look out of place, he wasn't, you know, a superstar in that regard, but he doesn't need to be. He looked exactly where he should have been in this regard. And I think that's all the sign in the world that you need that uh, Owen Beck in the near future is going to be an absolute menace to society. And I, I cannot wait. Now that border crossing is a little bit easier for Americans and Canadians going back and forth, my plan is if I've got free time, I want to go see Mississauga when they play in Niagara or Hamilton or London or Kitchener or wherever that isn't that far of a drive for me over the border here from Buffalo because I want to see him playing in person. I want to see him against his age group and see how much he continues to grow compared to who he was at last year. And I don't think I'm off base when I say that he is likely to be one of the OHL's top players this year. He might not have the same gaudy, you know, point scoring totals that like Brennan Othman had last year, but 
he's playing a different role in that center in that shutdown center role and to still produce points. Uh, it's great news to wake up. It's a great day for Owen Beck. It's a great day for Canadians fans who got an absolute steal at 33rd. And then at 62nd, like I said, short King Lane Hudson with a three assist performance for Boston University in his first game. But we are not ending there, folks. We have uh, more roster news based on everything happening right now. And we're going to touch on all of that coming up next. All right, we are back. It is Locked On Canadians. We do have some roster news. Both Heinemann and Yolarmia have upper body injuries following the Canadians 5-4 loss to the Ottawa Senators because, of course, we cannot have nice things. Uh, Emil Heinemann, I think, is at a very strong preseason for the Canadians. I don't know what their plan was for him, but he grew on me more and more as the preseason went on, which is more than I thought would happen when I originally watched him at the Rookie Showcase. Uh, but following, uh, the roster moves this morning, AKA signing Owen back to his entry level contract, the Canadians at two o'clock when waivers are now, uh, cut seven players from training camp. Uh, Matthias Norlinder and Philip Mayshar were sent directly to Laval. They are on their entry level deals. They did not need waivers. Uh, Kevin Poulin and Xavier Simino who are on AHL contracts were sent directly back to Laval. So they didn't need waivers. And the Canadians placed three players, Alex Belzeal, Anthony Richard, and Mitchell Stevens, on waivers with the uh, intent to send them to the Laval Rocket. And none of this is really surprising at all. We knew the AHL contracted guys. Somehow Brandon Jignac has survived this long. Either the Canadians see something they really like in him, or they're just keeping him around for safety purposes because there's now injuries in and out of the lineup here. Um Simino and Poulin are expect to be regulars. Watching Xavier Simino play this preseason, he's going to be an absolute menace at the AHL level. For good and for bad, he's going to be in the middle of every scrum that you can imagine on the ice, and that's going to probably save Raphael Harvey-Pennard's face just a teeny bit. Uh, Belzio, Richard, and Stevens, we all expected to be waived. I don't expect any of them to be claimed. Uh, if one of them is, I would be shocked, and I would anticipate it potentially being Anthony Richard, but... Who knows? Waivers are weird. Alex Barry Boulay, Matthew Phillips, and all these guys cleared not that long ago. So, uh, but Richard Stevens and Belziel are expected to be veterans leaders on this team. And I think Anthony Richard is going to be a big piece of the Rocket top six. And Belziel is their everything guy. He's the penalty kill power play guy. You know, if you followed my coverage, you know that. And the big one I want to focus on is we expected Matthias Norlinder to be sent down. He does need the seasoning. We've all kind of agreed on that at this point. He's not a bust. He just needs to get his confidence and his swagger back. And I think Jean-Francois Houle and the Rocket coaching staff are the group to get him back to where he needs to be. They can put him in a spot to succeed that he could not get in the NHL. Third pairing minutes is fine, but he's not going to get power play time over a Mike Matheson or a Chris Wyman who are more polished at that. And trying to iron out his defensive issues, and I shouldn't say issues is such a massive thing, but it's going to be harder at the NHL level than it is at the AHL level. And this is Norlinder's chance to kind of do a hard reboot on himself here and get his game and everything back to where it needs to be. The name that really sticks out of all this is Philip Mayshar, who I thought might stick around to the end of the Canadians preseason, but him being sent to the Rocket is a very interesting change because a couple of weeks ago, uh, 
his rights do belong to the Kitchener Rangers of the OHL. Meshar himself did not want to go to junior to step back because he was playing against men in the Slovak League the year before. And his rights, I believe, were owned um, by, I want to say it was Birnas or Rogel. Um, and Patrick Bexell can correct me on this if he listens to this. And I'm sorry, Pat, I just can't bring up the tweet right now while I am flying solo here. But good teams in the SHL were also interested in him. Them wanting to keep him with the Laval Rocket, I think, is very interesting because it means they think he's close enough to being NHL ready that they want to have him nearby and that they can monitor his process. And come the end of this camp, they might say, yes, we'll we'll let you go to Sweden and play. And next year, we want you to try and push for an NHL roster spot. And you know what? That's fine. That would actually be perfectly fine with me. I am selfishly excited to see him play with the Rocket because – Outside of Jesse Alonen and a few Cole Caulfield and Jesperi Kotkaniemi games, there hasn't been someone this skilled in the Rocket lineup. And he didn't look out of place in the NHL level. He definitely didn't look out of place in the rookie showcase. And I think he's going to carve himself out a really good role with the Rocket here as a center where they are a little bit light. You know, you they have, you know, Mitchell Stevens. They now have... Uh, Mayshar down there, but they they lost Jean Sebastian Dee, their leading scorer from last season, or second leading scorer behind Rafael Harvey Pinard. They needed someone to make up that space on the top line there. I think Mayshar can be that guy, and you give him someone like even if Slavkovsky goes down, you just run Mayshar, Slavkovsky, and Anthony Richard or Donick Martel or whomever, and you're just kind of laughing at that point because you have enough veteran wingers to make good things happen with these young guys out there. You could put Yessi alone on that line and be like, you're not giving you the tough minutes. We want you guys to go out there offensively and just dominate games. And I think they're capable of doing that. This is, reads as a vote of confidence from me, uh, from the Canadians into Philip Mayshar here. I think he's someone that a lot of Habs fans didn't know what to expect and that he's got the talent, but he's a project a lot like Slavkovsky, but even more so because he doesn't have the, the, uh, physical traits that Uri Slavkovsky possesses and he makes it up with even better skating and stick handling and skills with the puck on his stick. And I think he's going to make a lot of people very happy for the rocket. And this also has a cascading effect. There are good players that would be AHL regulars in most seasons that are going to slide down to the lions and the ECHL now. And that's the kind of cascading effect you want in a good organization the Toronto Maple Leafs had a good NHL roster and that trickled down into their AHL roster, which was a lot of very good veteran and a few young pieces. And that trickles all the way down into their ECHL team, the Newfoundland Growlers, who have been one of the best teams in the ECHL since their inception. That trickle-down effect finally proves that trickle-down economics works. Uh, it doesn't really, but for the basis of this, just stick with me here. At the NH in hockey, that kind of cascading effect is good. The Canadians have a lot of prospects now, and a lot of them need a place to play. William Trudeau and Miguel Torini are at Rocket Camp right now. They are eligible for AHL contracts this year. They do not need an NHL ELC right now, but they are eligible for an AHL contract. There might not be space on the Rocket, but you can have actual prospects playing in the ECHL, and then if you need them, you can call them up to the AHL and you can continue to build that way. The Canadians haven't had a three-tier system in, I want to say, ever at this point, because they never either had the prospect depth to fill out a three-tier system 
or a steady ECHL team under uh, the previous regimes here. And they finally kind of got that worked out a little bit. Now I'm excited to see what the minor league season holds. Andrew Zadarnowski, who covers the lions for eyes on the prize is far more in the know with things like this than I am. He keeps a closer eye on all the little things, but I do think that there is a lot of excitement below the NHL level for Canadians fans this season. And I am hoping people continue to go to rocket games. They were one of the top attended teams in the AHL last year. The lions were a lot of fun. They were cardiac. They were great. They were bad. They were everything in between. There's real prospects to go watch in these, not a guy who might make it actual bona fide Canadians draft picks playing in all these leagues. So please, I am begging you. If you don't want to spend the money to go to the bell center, go to plus bell, uh, go to the video call to say there's so many options out there. And I'm excited to see what Philip Mayshar can do with the rocket. If that's where he ends up staying, you know, it's going to be exciting. And as always, um, this is going to be my sign off. I am solo hosting. As I mentioned, Laura will be back on Sunday with a new show for you all on Monday. Um, might have a mailbag tomorrow. I don't know. I'll kind of see what the news and where everything takes me. But for right now, I am Scott Matla at Scott Matla on Twitter. Follow the podcast at LO underscore Canadian. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and ring the bell to get notified of new videos. When you're done checking us out, please check out Locked On NHL. All our local hosts bring you all the latest news and updates on everything around the NHL and the sport of hockey. That's going to do it for me. I will see you all next time.